It's been wonderful to be here. And Oya Puku Shindala as well. And so. <laughs> I, 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 people sometimes think when the Holy Spirit moves, it's an interruption. I'll tell you what's an interruption to a church. Uh, that, that's an interruption. God moving is never an interruption. So I, I just want to share a, a few uh, things this morning. And, and uh, I was really stirred as I came to Glasgow. And as I was flying in on the plane, I was, I was fortunately by, by the window. And, and uh, there was uh, some of the um, sunshine of Glasgow was shining. I had that all above me. Some of the other parts of Glasgow weren't there. I couldn't see, but I could see some parts, but I was really stirred. And, and as I speak this morning, I believe God has an impartation of faith He's going to impart to you. And so, in the Bible, we have the story of a man called Nehemiah. He was a slave. He was a slave, and his job was to drink the cup of the king His life was expendable, in other words. He was to drink the cup. So if anyone was trying to poison the king, Nehemiah would die. In other words, his life was expendable for the purposes of the kingdom. One day he's there with a bit of a sad face, which was illegal. I I just want to say that. Sad faces are illegal. Now, if you want to have a long face, I can beat you. Mine starts there and comes all the way down. <laughs> and the king says, what's up? And he says, I come from a city that has prophecies over it. I come from a city that has great promises over it. I come from a city which is called the city of the great king. I come from that city and I've heard the story that things are not doing well. And because of his passion for the promises of God, because of his passion for the prophecies, because of his passion and because of his heart for that, the king says, we're going to do something about this. And he sends him out, a slave, sent out back to Jerusalem. Jerusalem lay in ruins. The city that had had such great prophecies, the city that David had brought the sacrifices to it to be known as the city of the presence of God, to be known as the place where the God, God dwelt, to be known as the place where the Word of God was. So he comes back. He comes to that city and what did he do? The Bible says that He went out and had a look. Now, that's always a good thing. But he didn't tell everyone what he was doing. He went out, and he went in at nighttime. He went through. He went through. He saw the piles of rubbish. He saw where great walls were broken down. He saw where the temple had been destroyed. He went into the place where the king used to come up on his chariot, and and now he couldn't even get his horse through there. He looked out and he gathered the people. But there was just one difference between what Nehemiah was seeing and what the people were seeing. 
Because the people were seeing the rubbish. The people were seeing the broken promises. The people were seeing what the destruction that had happened. But Nehemiah, he saw a rebuilt city because he saw Jerusalem through the eyes of the unseen. He saw Jerusalem, a city rebuilt. He saw Jerusalem as a place where the glory of God was going to dwell. He saw Jerusalem. In other words, he had faith amongst the rubbish. And my call to you is, amongst what Glasgow is, amongst what it is when there seems to be brokenness and there seems to be all sorts of things, where one time it was known as the slogan of Glasgow, let Glasgow flourish by the preaching of the word and the, what's the rest of it? And the praising of his name. And bit by bit, that slogan has been taken away. But do we have faith in the middle of the rubbish? Do we have faith in the middle of when it seems like God is taken out of and all that God has said and the prophecies and everything else? Do we have faith? Can we walk through a city and say, I see a city rebuilt. I see a city in a different state. And as we're here today, What sort of eyes do we see with? If we look at our natural eyes, some of us need spectacles. Some of us have contact lenses. Some of us have filters that see life in different ways and that's what was going on in Jerusalem. They had filters of all sorts of things whereby they looked at the circumstances. But along comes a man who had put his life on the line for a city. I just want to say that again. He put his life on the line for God's city. And guess what that did? It opened up favor so that the king wrote checks and told the neighboring provinces, you give Nehemiah whatever he wants. You give him whatever he wants. Now, were there mockers? Of course there were mockers. Why live your life by a mocking voice? Why listen to the wrong sound? People who live, listen to the wrong sound, I have a word for that. Stupid. I'm just very pastoral. Some of you who have been at the conference know that by now. <laughs> I don't know why they're laughing. I am. I love people. I love people so much that I'm not going to leave them wallowing in the rubbish that, that's been going on. So here comes Nehemiah and he gathers the people together and this is what he said. I declared, the Bible says, I declared the gracious hand of God is on me. Now we live in a community and we live in a culture where you start going that and they go, you're too big for your boots. If you're too big for your boots, buy bigger boots. Why let 
society drag you down, we should be a people, we are called to be a people, we are supposed to be a people who will declare the gracious hand of God is upon me. When I gave up my secular career where they paid me past my intelligence level, and, and God would give me words of knowledge in the, in the workplace and I got promoted. And I'd sit there and I ended up being at the top table and the CEO would, I'd, I'd give an idea. And the CEO would say, who was not a Christian in the end, he would say, Seth, is this one of your God ideas? And I'd say, yes, it is. He said, right, we're doing it. The accountant would go nuts. He'd say, we haven't done a business plan. And my non-Christian boss, the CEO, would say, that's the business plan. Every one of Seth's God's ideas has worked. Why wouldn't the next one? What was I doing? I was declaring the gracious hand of God was upon me. And in a time when unemployment was bad and in time when businesses were shutting, our business was doing the other thing. Why? Because I declared the gracious hand of God is upon me. You can declare the gracious hand of God is upon you right across Glasgow. And imagine what will happen. You say, but I'm a nobody. No, you're not. You're a somebody. The last time I looked around this room, everyone was still breathing. That's a somebody. And he that has breath, praise the Lord. How do we praise the Lord? Declaring the gracious hand of God is upon us. <laughs> you say, well, I don't feel like it. Well, get over yourself. It was a command, not a suggestion. All I know is this. I'm an old man. I'm a dinosaur from last millennium. The more you praise the Lord, the more victories will come in your life. The more you wallow in self-focus, the more problems you will live in. Here's Nehemiah. And everyone else was looking at the rubbish. It just took one man to declare the gracious hand of God was upon him. <laughs> when I gave up my career, I took over an old church. My friend said to me, Seth, what are you doing? That church is dead. And, and I'm not being rude, it just was. It just needed a decent funeral. But I didn't see, I did not see a dead church. I saw the prophecies over that church in the past. I saw the prophecies over that city in the past. I saw what God was seeing. It was just a small building they had, smaller than this. The church was smaller than you are. And in our city was a great big building supply warehouse. I was building houses for myself. The church wasn't giving us money, so I, would, I was building houses so we could build the house, live in it for a while, sell it, and just get some capital growth and stuff. And My wife would come with me sometimes. We'd go to that place to get the building supplies. But I'd walk through that 
warehouse, I'd forget about building, getting the, the building paper and the nails and the paint. and the, I'd be walking through going, this will make a great church. This will make a great church. This will make a great church. And I'd walk through and my wife would go, come on, Seth, we've got to go. This will make a great church. This will make a great church. So we'd get the stuff and go and put it on the trailer and go and build it. And, and, and then have to get, this will make a great church. This will make a great church. And then Debbie wouldn't come with me. She, she tells people the story. She says, she says, I knew what was going to happen. It, it, instead of taking this amount of time, it would take a bit longer because Seth would be going around. This will make a great church. This will make a great church. <laughs> Today, that building is the biggest Christian facility south of our biggest city because it's a great church. Shunda. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Think of what scripture tells us. Just before Nehemiah, there'd been a man called Daniel. Daniel was there, a slave, dragged and across the desert. He's now in the prince's, the, the king's place, but three times a day in the face of idolatry, witchcraft, and every other evil you can imagine, he would turn his face and he'd go, God, I still trust you. In the face of everything else, God, I still trust you. And then you read in the Bible and it says, he said, he kept alive a promise that the captivity would only be for 70 years. And then it says, he said, started to talk, he said, the 70 years is nearly up. Come on, people, get your faith alive. We're going back to Jerusalem. And guess what happened? They went back to Jerusalem. If you will keep your faith alive, you give a platform for God to move. God can't move on your doubts and he can't move on your self-pity, but he can move on your faith because faith is when we release the power of God. And it's important for us to have faith. Why? Because the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. I flew into Glasgow and I was going, just imagine what can happen in this place. Just imagine what can happen. Just imagine. And you say, I can't see it because you're looking at the wrong thing. In just a moment, you're going to stand. And I have been given a supernatural gift of faith. I know that. I declare the gracious hand of God upon me. Our warehouse. We had no money. We had an old building. We sold that. I went to the Presbyterian church. I said to them, you're selling churches. We're building them. I want a million dollars, please. I said, P, Presbyterian, P, Pentecostal, sounds similar. They said, oh, so they loaned us a million dollars at very, very low interest. Why? Because I declared the gracious hand of God was upon me. We didn't have 
hardly the money to pay even the interest on that. That didn't matter. Because I said, God, your hand is upon me. I have a businessman walk into my, rings me and walks into my office. And he said, he's sitting there, we're doing the good thing, having a cup of tea. And then he said, Seth, I love your vision for the city. He didn't say for the church, he said, for the city. What can I do to help you? At that moment, I said, if you give me $400,000 right now, it would be a big help. He said, is two weeks okay? I said, two weeks is just fine. <laughs> two and a half weeks later, he comes in with a check for $400,000. Guess what that did? That just knocked off 400000 off the one million straight off. So now it's no longer a burden. The gracious hand of God was upon me. Because I wasn't looking at the burden. I was looking at the gracious hand of God is upon me. Because I was looking at the city rebuilt. Not at the ruin that was all around. Lower Hutt at that time, my city, it had the highest unemployment in, in our nation. It, it, it had every social issue that you want to think about. It was in a bad state. But the gracious hand of God was upon us. Three months later, he comes back and he says, you know what, I've been thinking... Here's another 200000 for you. So that was fine. We, had, we took over and we, we, we re, remodeled the building in modules. So it was my background as an engineer and God gave me the picture and so we just did it. And, and the church started to grow. And, and, and why? Because the gracious hand of God is upon us. And so now we needed some more money. So I went to the Presbyterian church and I said, I need some more money. They said, Fine, how much? So we told them, and so that was another 600000 they gave us because we'd already paid off the other. And, 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 and so they did. And, and, and then another ministry, another denomination was, was, uh, was hiring our church because we had the best Christian facility even by this stage in, in, in the lower half of the North Island. And so they, they said, this is amazing. I said, yeah, it's all God's stories. They said, tell us some. So I told them some. I told them the 400,000. I walked back across to my office after we'd finished with them, and I said, God, it's time. It'd be really good. It's just time for another $400,000 story. Six days later, a an anonymous check comes through the mail. Bank check for $400,000. <laughs> Why? Because I had faith amongst the rubbish. Because I saw the city rebuilt, not the city's destruction. And just as I come to a, think about closing, does anyone like my story? If God can do it in one place, he can do it somewhere else. Because he's no respecter of people. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But what he looks for is the people who will have faith in the middle of the rubbish. The people who will see what he's promised and he will do. We're not sitting down and we don't do it. He does it. But he looks for people who will cooperate. Nehemiah was someone who put his life on the line. You might be called to put your reputation on the line. You might be called to put your dignity on the line. I love church. It's God's 
amazing reality. I grew up singing hymns, so I never sang hers, but there were all sorts of songs that we would sing. You know, a lot of Christians are just plain liars. And they wonder why God doesn't bless them. There's a hymn which I love. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. Many people, not, not here, the ones in, I was nearly going to say South Africa, in Kenya. <laughs> I love it when we can tease each other. Teasing is, teasing is the language of love. goes, not here, I'm talking about the other place. I have to explain this because you won't know what I'm talking about. All to Jesus I surrender, except my purse, all to whom I freely give, except my dignity. There's all sorts of things going on. But what happens when we're like Nehemiah, who says, I don't care. And what are other people of faith in the Bible? If I perish, I perish. But God is going to be glorified. What about three men? Bow to a big image. Well, there's your future. And they said, our God's able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. Imagine what went through the king's head right then. He's the king of the biggest empire on earth. He has the power of life and death and doesn't have to answer to anybody. And these guys says, we're not going to bow to your stupid image. <laughs> Imagine in our world today when people say, you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that. What do you mean I'm supposed to do it? I'm not going to bow to your stupid stuff. If we, well, we won't like you. Well, if I perish, I perish. Why live your life by somebody else's problem? Ha! Having faith amongst others. What are the prophecies over your life? What are the promises God's made? Have faith in the middle of the rubbish. See a city rebuilt. I was praying this morning for this church. I, I expect that you all do that as well. Just imagine, just imagine how short a time it's going to be before this place is too small. Just imagine it. Who's that? Hello down there. That is so good. We bless what you're doing here right now, Lord. Thank you that you're inspiring faith in her right now. Listen, I reckon you probably need some as well. Are <laughs> oh, you the welcome team? Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> if you ask me why am I doing this, the answer is I'm having fun. You're getting ahead of the party. Yeah. 
I love what happens now. People steadfastly look somewhere else. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's okay. I never hit ladies. I'm a gentleman. <laughs> no, 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 stay. You need to look after her. <laughs> Where does faith come from? The Bible says the God of hope wants to fill you with all joy so you may trust in Him. Joy is not an accidental thing. It's part of God's plan so that faith can be held in the middle of the rubbish so that you and all things can be more than conqueror. Could you stand with me, please? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We have these wonderful spiritual sayings, which is really just funny. We, we say, just position yourself now. <laughs> what does that mean? Stand on your head. <laughs> I, I advise you not to. That's why I got bald. <laughs> but as a, as an, right now, however you best communicate with opening your heart to the Lord. I do have a gift of faith. And that means I have a ability to impart and release faith. Not just to as an individual, but into the culture of the church. Which means you no longer put yourself at the center of all decision making. You start to put the vision at the center of the decision making. Nehemiah didn't put himself at the center of the decision making. He put God's heart at the center of the vision making. He put God's vision at the center of the decision making. He put what God saw at the center of the decision making. And it gave a platform for God to move and rebuild a glorious city. So right now, Lord, I thank you for an impartation of faith. Faith in the middle of the rubbish. Faith to be able to see what you see, to align with what you see, to equip to what you see. Father, I thank you for an impartation of faith right now that is beyond the ordinary into the extraordinary. Father, I thank you that you have done what you've done in my life. I declare the gracious hand of God upon me. And just like Nehemiah did, let there be a declaration as a church of the gracious hand of God upon them so that when God speaks, they say, yes, Lord. Your servant hears, and there's a new ability released to hear the word of the Lord and to step out in faith, in victory, and see the rubbish turned into a glorious city, to see the power of God released in a mighty, magnificent way. In Jesus' name, and all God's people shouted, Amen. Amen.